Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to St. Paul's this morning, in person and online. My name is Jonathan G. I'm the vicar here. If you're new to us, you are very, very welcome. Uh, because of the rise in the national sort of awareness of how COVID might be spreading with a new strain, we're asking people, if possible, to wear masks. If that doesn't work for you, then it's not the law that you have to wear it in here, but we're asking you if you can, please, to do so this morning. Uh, I find taking it on and off while I'm leading with my glasses and the microphone impossible, so I won't be doing that while I'm leading this morning, but I have been beforehand, and uh, we're encouraging that, if that's okay. Uh, second thing is it's the second Sunday of Advent, and we have two Advent candles to light. So who would like to light my Advent candles? Andre would. That's one. Who else would? Yes. I've got muddled up between you and your brother's name. Toby. Toby. Yes, I, I was thinking... Oh, so we've got Toby and Andre here. So if I light the taper for you, and then you light the candles. It's proving tricky to light the taper. There we go. So Andre, do you reckon you can do that one? Just underneath it. There we go. Got it? Well done. And Toby, do you reckon you can do this one? So that should come from that side. Well done. Can we have a round of applause for my helpers? <laughs> the candles of Advent, they remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. Just like the, the lights on the Christmas tree add so much to what would be a fairly dull tree otherwise. Jesus shines his light uh, here this morning. He is the bringer of joy and light uh, so would you stand, and I'll lead in a prayer that he would fill this place with his light and his joy as we worship him this morning. We praise you, Lord Jesus, that you are the light of the world, that you are the source of joy and life and health and peace. So come by your spirit this morning as we worship you. Shine your light in this place. Energize our worship of you, that there would be joy Whatever's going on outwardly, may we know your joy and peace and life inwardly. And we ask that you would be pleased by what we bring this morning, and we offer it to you in your great name. Amen. Your path come 
Lord, at this Advent season as we prepare to celebrate that time when Jesus came for the first time at Christmas. In this Advent season, as we look forward to when you will come again, we pray, come among us today. And we dare to pray, come afresh in our nation. We know you've brought revival before at different stages in our nation. You've poured out your spirit and brought the nation back to you. And we pray, as we've been singing, that you would do it again. You would come today in this place and on your church in the nation. And this Christmas, as we share the story of the wonder of the good news of the start of the salvation story, will you turn this nation back to you? You've done it before. Come and do it again. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Do please be seated. Welcome folks who are coming in while we were singing. Uh, a few notices. Uh, inevitably, we are now well into Christmas season. We had the first event, Create for Christmas, on Friday night, which I gather went very well, the craft event for women. Uh, thank you to everybody who did that. Uh, we have other events coming up. We have a new event this year, the Hog Roast and Carols in 10 days' time, which will be in the church garden to the east end there, uh, inviting neighbours from both north and south of the church. The weather forecast long range looks mild and dryish, so that's good news. But let's pray on for that. And if you'd like to help with that, this is a party for the community that we're hosting as a church. So come and help host that. If you'd like to help in any way, have a word with Andy, I'll cure it. Uh, second thing we're looking for, you may have seen on the Friday email, one of our mission partners, Claire Werfel, is coming back with her children over the Christmas period. We're looking for a house for them over the Christmas period. If you are away and your house is empty and you'd be happy for them, to, one of our mission partner families, to use that, please speak to Jan or me afterwards or drop an email. Uh, and any gifts to help them, uh, that would be really useful. Uh, anyone who's got a spare car, for example, that would be wonderful to be able to bless them with the use of a car. Uh, but do let us know, and we're trusting that we'll be able to host them well when they come back. Uh, this evening, we have a memorial service. We're inviting people who've been bereaved either this year or during the pandemic or recently to come to thank God for the lives of their loved ones. We'll name them by name before the Lord and pray for grace. We'll celebrate that Jesus is the resurrection and that uh, there, is it, there is life with him beyond the grave. If you would like someone remembered by name, please have a word with Jan or me afterwards so we can include them this evening. That is this evening. Uh, and the last of the notices about events coming up, we have our uh, Carols by Candlelight in two weeks' time. We have a Christmas choir. Jeremy Sampson is coordinated. It tells me we could use one more soprano and one more bass. So if you can read music and you can hold a line, as we're at the musical line against what others are singing, uh, then uh, if you let me know, I'll pass your name on to Jeremy or you can let him know uh, directly. Uh, now, a couple of weeks ago on Commitment Sunday, we were inviting you to renew your commitment to Jesus as Lord, a focus then on the giving aspect. Uh, just an aside, if you're full of good intentions about that, but you haven't got around to it, today would be a really good day, and you can get the details from the welcome desk. But I just want to spend a couple of minutes thinking about how we can serve the Lord as volunteers in the church. So I wonder if Lars would come and join me. And if Katie would come and join me at the front. Uh, 
it seems we have the similar situation to pretty much every other church in the country where our congregations are kind of at about two-thirds or three-quarters what they were before COVID and that the numbers of people volunteering are not as many as they were. Thank you to everybody who's volunteered in all our, wonder, in our teams, our children, our youth, our tech, our music, our stewards. By God's grace, we've been able to do the ministry this term. But from my perspective, I felt it's just been a little fraught and hairy. There's always, um, we always have one or two volunteers have to pull out with colds or illness or family crises. Uh, but it struck me that most of our teams are a bit on the edge and it's a bit knife edge week by week. So would that be fair for the tech team, Lars? <laughs> Hold on, are we? Yeah. <laughs> so the tech team are fraught and hairy. There we are. Hairy, anyway. Our, our tech team is very fraught and hairy, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in yeah. terms of, and we have a fantastic tech team. We praise God for you. Thank you, chaps at the back. Uh, but in terms of numbers for tech team, how are you doing? Yeah, well, we have a, a small but very dedicated tech team. And, um, uh, and there but, they are. But, uh, Excellent. And, there, and there they are. Um, <laughs> But they, they, yeah, we are working them very, very hard, especially over this last 18 months, two years, because our numbers are down, and um, those that are on the team are working you know, a lot more than they would normally do. So, so we're, they're on the rotor more often, more often than, than normal. The, more often so than there's normal, certainly yeah. scope for new blood on yeah. the tech team. Yeah, definitely. And children's ministry? Uh, yeah, basically the same. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, we have been... Just okay is the phrase that I've kind of been living on this term. Um, obviously, I won't be here next term, so that's a whole body not here that we need to try and fill that space for. Um, but we are... I mean, there's such, there's such joy in the team that we do have, and I really want to thank you for um, your enthusiasm and your joy and your happiness each week when you come and for ste stepping up on a Friday when I have a quick panicked email asking for extra volunteers. So thank you for that. Uh, but it would be nice to not have to run our volunteers into the ground and burn them out. And, um, you know, I don't want them to lose any of that joy. So it'd be nice to have a few more people on our team. <laughs> and I think that goes for pretty much every team. So what I'm asking is that if the Lord is nudging you to help with a team, a children's team, a youth team, a stewarding team, a hospitality team, a tech team, the band, the musicians, please would you act on that nudge? Um, now, we don't want to do this by guilt and, as you say, where people. So just tell us about the joys in serving on the children's team. Um, yeah, I mean, I obviously think it's great. I started off as a volunteer and now I'm... The children's minister, so that's how that worked. Um, but it is, it's really good. Um, kids are incredible, and they reveal things about our faith to us that we haven't even thought about. Um, so it's almost like they feed us as much as we're feeding them. Um, and it's absolutely... It's just a, it's a real pleasure to discuss faith and um, to watch children develop their faith and their prayer life, and um, it's, it's a real privilege. And how about the tech team, Lars? What would be the joy from mainly being behind the scenes yeah uh, well i think if if you enjoy all things t t technical and, and you enjoy your technology there's we've got a lot of technology that you can you can be trained to use and use week by week um if you but if you're not into technology we can show you how to use it so that's not a barrier but i think also if you're if you want to be creative and help with the visuals computer or help 
operate the, the streaming cameras and produce this sort of live program we do every week. Um, you know, again, we can show you how to do it and, you know, let your creative juices flow. So, yeah, all, uh, all are welcome. Uh, it's certainly my experience that in saying yes to God's call, there is a joy in that. Uh, so I'd just like to lead in a prayer generally for the Lord to raise up uh, all that's needed for all the ministry he's calling us to do. Praise you, Father, for all the people in this church family and all the ministry in this church family and everything that everybody is doing. And we pray that you would speak to one and another about getting involved in the different areas of ministry, that we would be able to do all the things you are calling us to do as a church. Now, it's not just in the children and youth team and tech team, but music and hospitality and stewarding and so many other ways. So we pray, speak to us and give us grace to say yes to your call. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give these two, on behalf of all the volunteers in the church and ministry, a great round of applause. Just one last thing. I said the other morning that I, I have a, an alarm on my phone for 10.02 every day because Luke 10 verse 2 says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to raise up workers for his harvest field. So can I encourage you to set an alarm for 10.02 every day? If that's a really bad time, you could do 9.38 because Matthew 9.38 says the same thing. Uh, every day it catches me by surprise. It goes off. I think, oh, it must be 10.02. And I pray, Lord, please raise up the volunteers we need for the children, for the youth. So everybody can pray. You may have better ways of praying and better prompts, but there's a, there's a nudge to get us to pray that we would be in tune with the Lord for everything he's got. And now we're going to sing again. Um, and we've got all through history, God has been faithful. We sang earlier, he's never failed us yet. We know he won't fail us. Uh, so I'm looking for Lydia to come and lead the actions with this. Is Katie, you still safe to do actions? We're praying that you hang in there for a bit longer yet. Uh, anybody like to come and help these two wonderful people with the actions, come and join in. Let's stand. i
done everybody great job on the actions there just about time for our children and young people to go to their groups Uh, we have groups for everybody under 14 that's year nine and below if you're a visitor among us after i've led in prayer head to the back and we will point you in the right direction if you're not sure which way to go but let's pray lord how we praise you that you are faithful and you have been all through history We know that you allow difficult things to happen as they happen for everyone in that song. But we know that you are faithful and you are there. We praise you, Lord Jesus, that you are Emmanuel. And we pray that our children would grow up knowing that to be true, knowing you to be with them and to be faithful. So bless them in the groups this morning, from the youngest to the oldest. And may they enjoy what they learn about you. And we ask it all in your name. Amen. Off you go. Have a great time, everybody. See you later. While they're going, do say hello to someone near you. Particularly if there's someone whose name you've forgotten. Today, let me declare an amnesty. You can say, I'm sorry, I've forgotten your name. And no one will be upset. Just as the last people are going through the doors, we're going to come to pray. The first prayer we'll pray together will be a prayer of confession. Before we do that, we will just have a moment of quiet to allow the Lord to search us. There's always things that we do or say that we shouldn't, or that we should have said or done that we didn't. So let's just be still for a moment. Allow the Lord to search us. And the words will come up on the screen and we'll pray together. Most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we confess that we have sinned in thought, words and deed.
We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us to amend what we are and direct what we shall be, that we may act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our God. Amen. How we praise you, Lord Jesus, that you came to this earth to pay the price for our sins, to restore us to relationship with the Father. So wash us clean and help us to know that forgiveness deep in our innermost being. And more than that, to know your love for us, greater than we can begin to imagine. And we ask it in your name. Amen. Let's pray for our world this morning. Uh, as a church, we have been giving some money to Afghanistan, to Christian people in Afghanistan who are in real danger, trying to leave the country or providing for their needs, and for uh, refugees from Afghanistan who've been settling locally. We just sent off £10,000, five to each. Uh, and let's pray that God would use that to be a blessing. Lord, you've given us so much. And we pray for those who have so little, especially our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan who know you and love you. Protect them from evil and from harm. Provide for their needs. Those who are trying to leave the country, those who are still there. Bless the Barnabas Fund and others as they work with them. And may that money be a real blessing. We pray too for those who've settled here locally and we ask too that that money would be a blessing. But far more than that, we pray that they would find a warm welcome from the people they're living among and be able to settle here well. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let's pray for our mission partners. You will have seen the email or the notice that we're signing a card to send to them. Uh, Lord, we pray your blessing on each of them this Christmas time. In particular, we pray for Rachel Adams, who is at last flying out to Madagascar tomorrow. Rachel's a midwife giving a year to serve the Lord in the hospitals out in Madagascar. We pray for safe journeys. We pray for her language learning and ability to communicate. We pray you'll use her and bless her. Pray too for Marcus and for Claire Werfel and their family. Some of you will have heard particular news we're praying about, but for now we just pray your blessing generally on them and pray that as Claire and the children come back for the long Christmas holiday, that you would provide what is needed for them. Maybe another mission partner you want to hold before the Lord quietly. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. I've got a phrase from one of the carols in my head about the weary world rejoices. And Lord, your world is so weary after two years of the pandemic and now with this Omicron variant that none of us know how fast it will spread or how dangerous it may be. But we do know that everyone is weary and tired. We pray your blessing on our medical staff after two really hard years with all the normal things of winter and this. 
We pray for the vaccines to be rolled out and effective, not just in this nation, but around the world. We pray even more than that, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit on our nation and in the weariness that people feel, that you would point them to you, the source of life and joy, and that as people hear Christmas carols, as they see nativity plays, as they come to church, as Christmas cards come through the door, you, by your spirit, would point people to, to Jesus, not just to distraction and parties, but to you, the source of light and life. And we pray this too for ourselves. Always ask the prayer ministry team to wait on the Lord for any words or pictures. And there were lots this week to do with weariness and heaviness and toughness and needing God to break through. Let me just share some of these. And if this is you, uh, then God is really wanting to touch you and bless you. Someone had a picture of tough ground trying to break through it with a pickaxe. Uh, and areas that are really tough and hard. And it's like God is calling you to look to him to break through. He will break through what's needed. Similar picture was the bit in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe where it's always winter and never Christmas. Like frozen hard ground. But then Aslan is on the move and Father Christmas comes. And it's a picture of Jesus coming. I feel the Lord saying... He is coming. It will not be always winter. He will break through. Look to him and trust him. And there may be one or two here who's not just there's a heaviness and a tiredness, but their heart is broken. And the verse from scripture, crying comes for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So we lift this whole area of heaviness and tiredness and weariness and brokenness to you. Thank you that you've promised to wash away our sin, but we pray too that you would refresh the weariness that comes from living in a sinful world where so much is not right. And as we prayed for the world, we pray for us as a church that as we look to you this Christmas, you would give us courage to lift our eyes to you above the difficulty that you would indeed give grace for each day and break through these areas even today lord maybe something you just want to acknowledge before the lord in the stillness and if that is you particularly i'd encourage you to come and receive prayer afterwards at the end of the service Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And then finally, we pray for uh, all the Christmas events, uh, the carol services that are planned, nativity plays for the hog roast and carols for Chris Tingles for Christmas Day. Uh, Lord, will you use what we do and churches all around the nation, indeed all around the world. May your goodness and joy be celebrated. May you be worshipped. Will you draw people to know you? And may there be a fresh joy in this place, we pray. We pray to you for plans uh, into next year. It's the season when we're having to plan dates and things. Pray especially for the new Wellbeing Cafe. Randy Lockyer and his team as they're planning that and uh, having a sort of practice go for what that will look like. 
Lord, will you bless them? And may that be absolutely in tune with what you're doing, that that would be a a place that people can be drawn to health and healing and you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We pray the Advent Collect for us on this theme of light in the darkness. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and to put on the armor of light now in the time of this mortal life in which your son Jesus Christ came to us in great humility, that on the last day when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let's close our prayers with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, please, will you stand? Uh, We'll let the band come back ready to lead us in our next song. But before we sing, we're going to say the words of the Creed together, these truths shared by Christians across all sorts of denominations all around the world. Uh, The words will go up on the screen. Just remind the tech team to pop them up there. We love our tech team. We've honoured you earlier. Thank you so much for that. We take you for granted too often. But now the words are there. Let's say these words together. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Advent means coming. We believe he will come again. Let's pray he will come among us. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
Satan's tyranny. Thy death shall hell thy people stay, and give them victory o'er the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Amen. Do please be seated. We come to hear the scriptures read. Great pleasure to have my son Tom as our preacher today. Many of you will know him well, having uh, prayed for him and uh, suffered him is the word as that's a generous way of putting it. And to, uh, taught him in the children's groups and the youth groups here down many years. And uh, a great delight to see how well he's turned out. So thank you to the church very much for all your help with that. Uh, Here's our preacher. It's been a joy to have him and Sarah and the children with us this weekend. Before he preaches, Colm is going to come and read. The reading is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 26 
to 38, the birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will fall upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. And thank you, Colin. Good morning, friends. It's great to be back at St. Paul's. Great to see you all. Let's pray as we start, shall we? God, our Father, we thank you for your gift to us of your Son, Jesus. And we pray now that as we look to your word, you might open the eyes of our hearts, that we might see him more clearly, and that you would fill our hearts with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, always great to be back at St. Paul's. I grew up here as a teenager. Uh, thank you for those of you who suffered me as a kid in the children's groups and the youth in the youth groups. Came back after university, got married to Sarah here, and we, we were sent from St. Paul's nearly seven years ago now. I don't quite know how that's gone so fast. First a vicar factory, and then I've been a curate in Woodford for the last few years. It's been a great delight for us to be back this weekend to take our two-year-old and our six-month-old and kind of say, here you go, granny, here are your grandchildren. And we've had a, a lovely lion for the last two days, so it's been it's been very, very good news. Uh, and it's great to be back to share this familiar Christmas story, uh, to look at it together at the time that God sends the angel Gabriel to Mary in Nazareth and ruins Mary's life. It's a wonderful story. Uh, and I guess that's my question for you this morning. Are you willing to let God ruin your life? 
There's my question. We'll come back to it in a moment. Um, as we pick up the story, God's people have been waiting for centuries, waiting and waiting and waiting for a saviour. I know Dad preached a couple of weeks ago from Malachi, the last of the Old Testament prophets, who died something like 400 BC. And for 400 years, the Jewish people heard nothing from the Lord. The Jewish scholars talked about that time of the bat coal, the daughter of the voice, because for 400 years they heard nothing of God's voice, no prophets, no miracles, no signs, no messengers. They just heard echoes of the voice, not the voice itself. And so for centuries the people have been waiting, waiting for God to return at last to his people. And Mary would have grown up hearing these prophecies, waiting for them to be fulfilled. But I bet she never expected it would be so personally demanding. She grew up hearing stories of salvation around the fire. And now it turns out she's got to carry him to term. She would never have expected that. And so God sends Gabriel to break the centuries long silence to say, at last, at last, the, the time has come. You will be with child and will give birth to a son. He will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will know no end. The centuries-long wait is over. The king is coming. He's going to restore a world that's broken by human greed. He's going to restore relationships that are warped by human pride. He's going to free his people from our enslavement to our sin. All the ways we've tried to fix our lives and our relationships and our world, they've come to nothing, but now at last, the king is coming. And I think we grow so used to these Christmas stories. We set the nativity set up each year. We place the characters in their places. I think we can't help but fail to grasp just how earth-shattering these words would have been to Mary. Dad mentioned earlier that the line, the witch in the wardrobe, the, the Narnia stories. And I don't know if you can remember the first time you read or saw them. The children in the beaver's house trying to come to terms with how ruined Narnia is, always winter and never Christmas, shocked at the, the problems they're facing. And the first time we hear those words, Aslan is on the move. They send a shiver of hope down your spine, the promise that things might change, that things might be different. It's like that. Or to transpose it into our situation for, for us we're waiting for the second coming of the Lord. We know he's going to come back one day. But it's been 2,000 years, and I think for many of us, it, it doesn't feel likely that he's going to come back in our lifetime. We kind of think it's going to happen one day, but it feels very distant. It's been like that for Mary, 400 years of hearing the Messiah was going to come, but he's not going to come now. It's been 400 years. Maybe he'll never come. Waiting and waiting and waiting, and it's so distant. But can you imagine what it would be like if the Lord did send a messenger now and, and said, it's about to begin I'm coming back now. I'm going to restore all things. I'm going to make everything new. Can you imagine how just wouldn't your heart skip a beat? In a moment, everything would change. Would you feel the relief? The Lord returned now. Don't need to worry about Omicron anymore. No more lockdowns in heaven. All the problems we've been carrying, all the things we've been worrying about, the things that have burdened you as you woke up this morning, don't need to worry about them anymore. The Lord is back. Everything would be different in a moment. Oh, I don't know if you'd be one of those going, oh, no, not yet, Lord. I've got plans. I've, we've been doing the house renovation for a year. We were just about to move in. Can't you let us enjoy the new kitchen first? I've been counting down to retirement for decades and I only had six months left to go. Not now, Lord. 
Uh, that's, that's my personality. I'm the, the one who, when God speaks, says, but Lord, look at my plans. That wasn't, that wasn't in the schedule. Of course we wouldn't do that. If the Lord came back, everything would change. And when Gabriel announces to Mary that the time had come, it, it's that world-changing. Nothing could ever be the same again. The one that God's people had been waiting for for centuries was coming. The king was coming into his world. And this king would reign forever. His kingdom would never end. And, and that's why it is that now, us, we live in the last days. We talk about the now and the not yet of the kingdom. Because we live in between the times. On the one hand, like Gabriel proclaiming that in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, the king has broken into his world. And nothing will ever be the same again. But on the other hand, like Mary and like the Jewish people for the 400 years, waiting until Jesus came. Waiting and waiting and waiting and longing for that day that we remember in Advent. Longing for the time that the King will come again. We proclaim that God has broken into his world. But our world is still so broken by sin. He's established an outpost of his kingdom. But until he comes again to establish his throne, to bring his kingdom perfectly here on earth, to wipe away every tear, make all that is wrong right, here on earth we're still going to experience suffering and trials of of many kinds. My friends, as we look to Luke chapter 1 this morning, hear the words of the angel Gabriel saying, The king has come. The king has come. He's come to reign. The question is, for you and for me, our question this morning, will you receive him? Will you receive Jesus as king? Even if he chooses to ruin your life, as he does for Mary. Uh, and, And that's what we see here. Mary receives incredible news, but certainly not comfortable news. And it's news that would spell for her incredible human cost. Uh, She was just a teenager. She was getting excited about her wedding. She was getting the dress ready. She was picturing the moment where she and Joseph would finally be together forever, happily ever after. Uh, And suddenly she finds herself pregnant. And she has to tell her fiancé that she's carrying a baby that's not his. And Mary was living at home. Can you imagine that conversation with your parents? Parents, can you imagine that conversation with your teenager? And they come to you and say, I'm carrying a baby and it's not the person that I'm engaged to. All the dreams that Mary was full of for her wedding in an instant are shattered. All of her hopes and plans for the future because she knew that Joseph was a decent man. She knew exactly what he was going to do. She knew that he'd call it off, that he wouldn't feel it was right to marry her. She knew that he'd probably do it quietly as we're told he planned to do because he was good. But her whole life, everything she was dreaming and hoping for is suddenly gone and in a village, a small village in rural Galilee, that the shame of this broken marriage, of this uh, child out of marriage, that would stay with her for the rest of her life. She knew knew she'd be the subject of village gossip for decades to come. The king has come. And he wants to be king in our lives, just as he wants to be king for Mary. But the question is, will we respond like her? And it's amazing to me, the the ruins of all of her plans, and yet Mary doesn't query the announcement. She doesn't say what I'd say, no, Lord, look at my plans. She, She just asks about how. She has no idea. She says, how can this be since I'm a virgin? She's got no idea, and frankly, we have no idea, do we, how the Lord's going to make this possible. And initially, she's frightened. But she moves with with such courage from fear to faith. She takes God at his word. Uh, And she even receives him with joy. 
sings in the next few verses, my soul delights in the Lord. For amid the ruins of her plans and expectations, Mary sees that what is to come, what the Lord has planned is even better than anything that she might have imagined. She doesn't understand, but she does trust him. She's been chosen by God to be part of his salvation plan. It's it's the greatest privilege any human has ever enjoyed. And we still remember Mary who said, all generations will call me blessed. Such joy that through Mary, through her, yes, God would save the world. And so we see it's not really our lives that God ruins. That's probably stating it too far. It's just our control over our lives, our plans, our expectations, our hold and control over what we do. He's the king, not us. Uh, And Jesus coming, it totally upends Mary's life. But the thing is, he wants to do the same with you and with me. This morning, will you receive Jesus as king? Because when we do, as through Mary, he, he comes into our lives and he transforms not only us, but everyone around us in his love. We probably have no idea how he's going to do it. Mary certainly didn't. But she just trusted the Lord and he came through. And through her, he sent a saviour who would save all people who believe. Uh, And for us, we know, don't we, that saying yes to him is costly. It's so costly. But he invites us to receive his will, his plans, his purpose for our lives. And we know what those plans are because we're told in the scriptures, in Romans 8, we're told that his plans for us are to make us more like Jesus, to conform us to the likeness of his son. And then through us, through you and through me, to pour his love into our lives and through us to pour out that love onto a world that is broken and in need, to send us as his hands and feet, to use us as he used Mary, to be a channel through which his love might reach all people. Uh, He does it through pain, he does it through hardship, he does it through sacrifice and through suffering, through each step forward we take and each step out in faith. But the king has come and wants to build his kingdom here on earth through you and through me. There is no higher privilege. We know through experience, don't we? There's no greater joy than being used by Jesus to transform the lives of those around us. There's a hall of children just a few meters behind all of us this morning which of us are going to give our lives to raise the next generation of disciples Uh, i know after the last last couple of years none of us have got the spare energy very few of us are going to feel like we've got the spare time but the king wants to use us there's a there are houses full of people all around us on our streets full of people that jesus died to save and the lord wants to use us to reach them and to share his love with them. It might be inviting our neighbours to mould wine and mince pies and onto the carol services. It might be setting aside a time each week to pray for the households on our street and to let our street know that we're praying for them and ask on the WhatsApp group how we can pray, let people know that we're interceding. But the king wants to send you. That's who he's put on your street. There are areas of our lives that we hold to so tightly. Wouldn't have blamed Mary for holding tight to her wedding plans and saying, no, Lord, not yet. But whatever they are, we need to surrender them. We let God in to reign and to claim even even your career ambitions or even your sexuality or even your priorities in your time and and the way that you spend your day-to-day life. The Lord wants to reign in you. And Mary's example, Mary's example tells us that no one is disqualified. She's just a teenage girl from a backwater in Nazareth, a nobody. But Mary's example also shows us that no one is exempt. The king has come and he's come to reign. 
And the good news is it only takes our willingness. Nothing qualifies Mary except her yes to the Lord. He doesn't come to us because we're strong or we're full of energy or we're overflowing or we're thriving after the last couple of years. He just comes and says, I want to use you. Will you trust me? Will you put your hand into mine? Will you say yes? And he brings all that we need. It will be costly. But we know, don't we, that when we lose our lives for his sake and for the gospel, it is then that we truly find them. When Christ calls us, he bids us come and die and we crucify our sinful nature, but to be reborn a new creation. He brings the new life. He makes us new. He is the pearl of great price that costs everything that we have, but is worth more than the whole world could afford. And the thing about letting God ruin your life, the thing about letting God take control of all of your plans and expectations and desires is that, well, ruined doesn't feel like ruined from the inside, does it? From the inside, it feels like life, feels like joy. Uh, C.S. Lewis talked of that moment when, as an atheist, he was convinced that Jesus was God. And he described how he, he knelt at his bedside, and I love this phrase, the most dejected and miserable convert in the whole of England. Because all he saw was cost. Jesus was God. That was bad news because now Jesus would have to be king of his life, not C.S. Lewis. And all he saw was cost as he knelt at his bedside to give his life to the Lord. But the title of the book is Surprised by Joy. Because when we count the cost and when we give our all to him and we trust ourselves into his hands, we find the joy of the Lord. We find the joy of letting him into our lives, the joy of being used by the king, the joy of life eternal beginning now, continuing with him forever. It looks like cost from the outside, but inside we know that it is only joy. Mary found that joy. My soul glorifies the Lord. C.S. Lewis found that joy, surprised by it, having counted the cost. My, My story, and I know many of your stories as well, is the story of finding the joy of letting the king have his way in your life. Um, We're at another of those transition points in our journey at the moment. And so at transition points, you always reflect back on the past, don't you? And we're coming to the end of our curacy. At some point in the next year, we'll be moving on to another church. And I'm looking forward to the Lord showing us which one. Uh, But as we look back, I am always amazed at the Lord's faithfulness to Sarah and I at every stage. I could never have known what he would do in our lives. I could never know what it would be like as an adult to follow him. The first time I gave him my yes when I was nine years old. Uh, and I'll share one story. This is, this is very much first world problems, but it, it's real to me. Uh, and it's just my testimony of, of Jesus at this stage. You can picture me four years ago at the end of three years at Vicar Factory. So excited to finally be about to get ordained and to go and to be able to do the stuff and to lead a church and the things that I've been preparing for all my life. And I was so excited after a few years at Vicar Factory to finally be able to get out of the library and go and do ministry. And then a couple of my tutors sat me down and they said, Tom, we really think you need to do a PhD. You should stay and, and, and do a doctorate. And that might sound great to you. To me, it sounded like hell. It sounded awful. I thought, Lord, I don't want to spend three years in the library reading dead German theologians. I want to go out and do the stuff and tell people about Jesus. Um, and I had to really wrestle in those few months. I found it really painful. It's, it's just how it felt like to me. Um, to lay down the thing that I'd been hoping for, which was to go and do ministry, if the Lord wanted me to stay and do a doctorate. I wanted to be obedient to him. And I remember wrestling with it and coming to the point where I could say, okay, Lord, yes, your will be done. Uh, It was a phrase from Samuel that helped me, uh, where Eli says, uh, he is the Lord, let him do what is good in his eyes. And I kind of offered it to the Lord and said, if you want this, Lord, I don't, but but I will do it if you call me. Um, 
Uh, and, and in that week, after I kind of offered it up on the altar, I felt a permission from the Lord. And I felt like the Lord gave it back and said, OK, Tom, you don't have to do the PhD now. And he actually offered us a wonderful curacy. And we've been so happy for the last four years in Woodford. But out of that conversation and out of that wrestling and the pain I felt when I thought that the thing I wanted to do, I wasn't going to be allowed by God to do, has actually led to something now that's even better. And this term, I started a doctorate that is um, not reading dead German theologians, but is alongside ministry, practical in how to plant churches and build churches that will reach secular culture, basically how to help the people outside our buildings who would never walk into a church building meet Jesus. Uh, And I'm doing this doctorate for the next few years part-time alongside ministry. I've been given a fully funded place. It's the best study I've ever done. It's been so life-giving. The joy I'm experiencing and the life I'm finding just getting to to do a doctorate in planting churches and seeing people come to faith has been so life-giving. And it never would have happened without the conversation that began when I felt only pain and only cost until I reached the point where I could give it to God and then see actually that he had something even better planned all along. We, We will never understand the plans in the Lord's hands, but we do know that he is good. We do know that we can trust him. And we do know that when we count the cost and receive him as Lord and say, Lord, you can ruin my life if you want to, it never feels like ruin from the inside. It only feels like gain. So as we close, my friends, Gabriel's message is the message to us. The king has come. Praise the Lord. The king has come. Will we receive him as king today? Jesus wasn't the child that Mary was expecting. He was so much better than that. And he wasn't the king that the Jewish people were expecting. He was so much better even than that. And following him is always going to be costly. It probably won't look like how we expected. And Gabriel tells Mary that her son's going to reign forever. And then 30 years later, she'd be standing on a hillside watching him being hung up on a cross. It's not what she had in mind when she said yes to the Lord 2,000 years ago. She might even have felt that God had misled her or that God had lied. But God's plans never fail. God's word never fails. God has come to earth to reign and even the, the defeat of the cross turned out to be a triumph. And Jesus reigns even now and will return one day to make all things new. In the meantime, he invites us to say yes to him. This morning, are you willing to let God ruin your plans and reign in your life? He's the king, and because he came, everything has changed. He wants to reign in you and me, even as he reigns over the whole universe. And trusting him is not going to take away all of our problems. It certainly didn't for Joseph and Mary. His plans are not always ours, and following him comes at great cost. But when we give him our yes, we find that all we've lost is only gain. Because the king has come and will come again. He offers us his hand this morning and he invites us to give him our yes. Shall we do that together? Would you stand with me and we'll pray? And we pray the oldest prayer of the church. We pray, come Holy Spirit, come. Fill our hearts and our lives, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and meet your people, we pray. Come and rest on us. Come, Lord Jesus, come. You might find it helpful to hold out your hands as a symbol of openness to the Lord resting upon you. 
to the Lord meeting you as he wants to. And if you haven't done this before, we're just going to take a few minutes of quiet. Uh, and we give the Lord who is king the space to come and apply his word into our hearts, to break into our lives, to lift our eyes to him, to fill us afresh with his spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Lord sends his spirit is it's always his goodness that's who he is so just receive again the the love of the Lord by his spirit his kindness to you his faithfulness to you his goodness in your life whatever is going on his presence his good news of great joy as we receive his love afresh, I just invite you to give him your yes. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the thousandth time, just to say, Lord, whatever you say, whatever your will, whatever you ask, yes, you have my yes. And for some of us, that feels very costly because we feel like we've got nothing. I think there's some of us in the room this morning, we're just feeling like there's nothing within us to say yes with because we're so weary, we're so worn down, we've got so little left. And I think the word of the Lord for you this morning is that you will be surprised by joy. You may feel like like you've got less than nothing, but give even that to him and, and be surprised by the joy of his presence. It's no qualification of our own that gives us the right to come. It's just his goodness. It's not Mary who makes it happen. She just says yes, and the Lord does the rest. He has the power. He is enough. He has the strength. He has the future. Put the little that you've got in trust in him and be surprised by the joy and the kindness and the goodness of his presence this morning. some as we say yes god might just be asking prompting us to ask the question lord where would you send me what is it you want me to do is it that you want me to join the children's teams is it that there's a person you've put on my heart where where are you where would you send me lord and if you ask that he will just he'll just pop into your head the situation that he's commissioning you to go to this week lord where would you send me you have my yes but point me where you want me to go and i'll go I think there's somebody either in the building or listening on the live stream who's never done this before, who's never actually bent the knee and said, Jesus, you are Lord. I give you everything, my whole life. I put my trust in you. And I just want to invite you, if that's you today, to, to choose for the first time to trust Jesus as the Lord of your life, the center of your heart, to receive the forgiveness that he died to bring you, to invite him to reign in you by his spirit 
to put your hand in his and let him lead you into the future. And if you want to do that, it's as simple as saying, thank you, sorry, please. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. I'm sorry for all the ways I fall short. Please come in and fill my life. Thank you, sorry, please. And if you do pray that prayer, then do let me know or dad or one of the team afterwards and we'd love to pray with you. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the king, that you are the king who has broken into our world so that nothing will be the same again. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you reign even now from heaven and that you are coming again to judge the living and the dead. We thank you that you are risen and victorious. We thank you that you are returning to make all things new. And this morning, Lord Jesus, this Advent, we give you our yes. We put our hand in yours. We trust you. And we say, Lord, send us where you will. Let us be your hands and feet. Use us, we pray, as our worship, as our gratitude to you, the King who has saved us. And we give you all our worship in our lives, in our words, in our actions. And now, as we return to to worshiping and music, we offer all we are to the King of Kings and receive the joy of the pearl beyond all price. Amen.
say he's the savior of the world so we lift up a shout for his fame and renown praise the lord praise the lord jesus savior of the world so we remain standing for a closing prayer of blessing there's a particular blessing that's often prayed uh, when we thought about the Annunciation to Mary. I'm going to use that. May Christ, the Son of God, born of Mary, fill you with his grace to trust his promises and to obey his will. So may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and shine through you this day and forevermore. Amen. Uh, our prayer team will be at the front on the right. Um, I'm just saying that because I bet the children want to come and find the stable and have a look in there. Can, prayer team, can you go to the front on the left in front of the cross? I think that's going to be more wise to avoid little people looking at the stable. So prayer ministry happens under the cross there. That's probably where it ought to happen, really. Uh, the front on the left. Um, you've still got three or four minutes till the, the children need to be collected, little ones, so you don't need to rush to collect them. The group's finished at 10 to. Do stay for a bit, receive prayer, say hello. When you have to go, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ, amen.